don't cut it no more. Want a great big pipe? And you're listening to .NET Rocks, episode number seven from The Road Trip from Hell. I'm not complaining about The Road Trip anymore. We're finally getting good at this. Yeah, I'm being facetious. It's actually, ever since Philly, it's running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, this is just about the time when the whole wheels fall off of this thing, right? Right, we're waiting for the world to come crashing down on us now. Actually, uh, or we, uh, we had to cancel the Orlando trip because of Hurricane Wilma, I'm home! And uh, so we're, yeah. And we're here with Scott Locke in Reston, Virginia. This is the Washington, D.C. area stop. Hi, Scott. How you doing? It's good to have you finally on the show. Yes, it's good to be here. I've waited and waited. Now I'm finally on the air. I know. This is a big deal for you. So we'll, we'll, I can't wait. Yeah. So what do you do? I am uh, a manager for custom development for the American Red Cross yeah, the Red Cross. Give it up for the Red Cross. Woo! Yeah. yeah, and uh, I know this because I've talked to you about this. You actually are, are working on the online donation systems, right? Yeah, we uh, we manage and uh, um, keep up and deploy and run and all those things technical for the uh, the national online donation site for Red Cross and everything related. So you have a pretty good idea of the flow of donations and how taxing they are to your systems. Uh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Yeah. It's insane. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two. Has it started yet for Wilma? Uh, not for Wilma yet. No. I mean, we're, we we've come out of Katrina, went into Rita, fell into an earthquake in Indonesia, and now we're in apparently going to have Wilma. Yeah. And then apparently after that, it's Alpha. So, right. uh, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. They finally ran out of names now. Now it's Alpha Beta. It's insane. It's like I—I I, I mean, we've we've gone through three years of uh, nonstop uh, nonstop disaster. So it's a, it's a technical challenge that people just don't understand. So. Right. What what kind of challenges do you have? I mean, obviously scalability is huge, and that- well, to put it, to, there's another. There's a few programs that we work on, and actually a huge one with um, from Microsoft, not just for donations. Donations is big, but the uh, y- some people may have heard of KatrinaSafe.org. Which, uh, if you haven't, what it was is um, all these websites after Katrina hit put up places where you could find your loved one that was lost in Katrina or, or you were disconnected from your family because they went to one shelter and another one went to another. Mm. So, 42 different websites around the world put up places where people could just enter whatever they would like to try and find who they would want to find. Yeah. And uh, Microsoft actually came up with the concept of, well, there were multiple sites trying to do this, but they actually successfully did it and Red Cross bought into it, was to consolidate this data, 42-plus streams of imagine whatever you feel like entering into whatever field you feel like putting up there into uh, data streams and then building on SQL Server 2005, uh, which I have not seen the code for because it was it's pre-release, so they said, yeah. we did it. We can't tell you how, but right. it works very well. Um, insanely complicated, fuzzy logic yeah, thinking I can imagine. on the back end. So it's sort of like an XSLT nightmare. If you it's, think about it's it, it's kind of like it's kind of like you threw up in a garbage can 
and yeah. you had to figure out how to make a cherry pie from it. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> Wait a minute. We just got to pause to let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so Since they eat their own dog food, then they have right. to try it out. So. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, um, but it's I had amazing. heard about this. I had heard about this uh, initiative at Microsoft that that went together pretty quickly to try to get people. With, they they sent people with laptops down to uh, New Orleans and stuff to. Yeah, they went to collect data. They went down. I know that uh, they had different. Um, they had different people uh, from MCS and different um, right. groups in Microsoft. Jim Dugan from uh, local van just uh, guy here on SQL Server. Yeah. They had apparently they had. Uh, uh, up to eight of the the program managers working actively trying to hit the November sixth launch date on the SQL Server team stop mm. what they were doing for four to five days, which is an insanely long yeah. time at Microsoft. Absolutely unheard of, really. Yeah, it, it came up from the uh, who's the senior VP for the uh, for SQL Server team. I forget his name. It came it came it came from that high, basically saying whatever you guys need. Just get this just, to work. Just get it to work. So they had them and two from the uh, MSN or from Microsoft Research. They had two of their, their top brain trust guys come in who just thought of algorithms to make this work. So apparently, and they're 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 publishing like five to six MSDN articles on this. They're going to p- release it as part of a kit to show what they did. So it's pretty amazing. So um, the the buttons and stuff that we link to on the .NET Rocks for donating to Katrina does that ultimately end up connecting to? Your that, neck of the world, yeah. For so for donations, it's a different story. We've had a we've had a a, um, a rocky path, anyways. Like the site that's up there right now is an old classic ASP site that's three thousand lines of of code that executes amazingly well for as much load as it takes. And we've rewritten it in .NET twice and never been able to deploy it because every time we go to do it, a, another a super disaster hits, Katrina, oh, wow. or tsunami, or whatever it might be. I literally had my finger on the. It was live for about from March to uh, to December, but it didn't do what what uh, Katrina and uh, tsunami did. So yeah, but it's it's been cool, but it's amazing. So that so that the answer then is yes, it ultimately affects. Yeah, your, to answer your question, like uh, yeah. yeah. So if that's that's a uh, that's a so when the natural disasters challenge. hit, you you know you you get you're going crazy at work. Yeah, when so preparing for Wilma, for example, we'll probably make next weekend. Uh, in uh, an, an interesting time, and yeah. the the good news is that we've been through it so many times now over the last twelve to fifteen months that uh, uh, we still you know fight the expect. same. Yeah, yeah, we have the same challenges. We have better better controls in place, but um, I guess people don't understand how much IT work there is behind supporting disaster relief donations yeah. and things like that. So uh, we had a, I don't know if I wish I had the email with me. I don't. Um, but on the after Katrina hit, Richard and I, you know, announced that we were asking people to donate, as everyone has been, and uh, we put up a link to the donate site on the Red Cross. We got an email from a college student who said that uh, he had been saving up money to buy a new laptop, and he'd saved up two thousand dollars, and then he listened to our show, and he decided to donate the entire thing to the Red Cross. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, they, that email actually got forwarded up through the ranks, and uh, the people in uh, uh, in upper echelons uh, got a chance to see it, and and the well, feedback was pretty positive. This kind so. of stuff. I mean, the whole country just you know opened their pockets. And we their get hearts. amazing. We get amazing gifts. There, right, well, an interesting thing on the from the technical side, like our website, for example, 
um, didn't had a had a validation on it for to limit it to twenty five thousand dollars um, during tsunami or during tsunami was that set at that so you, you know it's a simple validation thing um, right. just a very stupid technical yeah, thing. yeah why why is that well if that's for financial reasons for auditing right. and things like that but people would get around it by saying okay well you know what I want to donate a hundred thousand dollars so I'll just donate four times right so you know seeing people do things like that. On a credit card, essentially, yeah. is a you know who donates who has a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. give yeah. on online like that? It's amazing. So, oh, that's great, Scott. What's next for you? Uh, Katrina, say for sure, getting involved because another challenge that we have is that all these uh, um, corporate America donates all kinds of resources to us, and uh, that's great. But eventually, things slow down, so yeah. uh, we end up taking systems that we're going to be active and, and bringing them in house. So mm. Katrina safe is one I'm excited about because it's on SQL server 2005 mm. has a smart client, has a website. So I guess the exciting thing about you bringing in house is it's going to be an ongoing resource for the red cross from now on when there's a scramble like this and people get separated, you're going to have a tool to help people get reconnected. Well, the, the, the long-term vision for Katrina safe hasn't been totally decided. Mm. Um, so I can't really, like speak to that but i know that from from a technical perspective we just have to be prepared to to run and manage and develop something like that so you know yeah. i'm interested to see what it looks like on the back end and the smart clients kind of need so if you're in a shelter down in the in the south or wherever disaster hits you can be offline and maybe there's a mobile yeah, mobile right. device version that would uh who knows it sounds like there'd be a good test case coming out of this Eventually. Yeah, there's all kinds of documentation coming out of this. Of course, the funny thing is all the good test cases are always going to end up being, you know, horrible disasters. It's, it must be a that's, very tough business to be in. That's always the, uh, that's the ironic part. When we're, when we're kind of slow and the donation is, traffic is like, you know, $2,000 a day instead of $30 million a day. Um, you know, you, you think this is my, you know, time to develop something, get it out there before you, it becomes that level. So, yeah, you're. And you you really don't know what your test points are. Is it is it September 11th? We thought that was the worst that would happen. Yeah, no way to predict what your worst case load is. I mean, how, when people really want to give, are you going to be able to take it? It's right. been it's been literally uh, quadrupled over every major disaster. So tsunami wow. quadrupled September 11th. Um, Katrina blew that numbers away. We you know every time we go wow, there that's the new benchmark, and it just it blows up, and you're doesn't stop processing. It just goes to levels that you didn't think it could ever good, do. Good thing we have 64-bit numbers now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope ASP 3.0 supports it. We'll be, uh, no, so we're, uh, Scott, we're in Scott, uh, this is your chance to uh, to grind your axe, to say what you want, to plug something, to do anything you want, say what you want. Um, my main, I guess the main things like I like to plug is, is community involvement. You guys, you know, what you guys are doing down here is great and, and getting people involved in the community outside of Red Cross. I mean, most of my experience in programming and you know, networking and things has actually no, almost nothing to do with Red Cross. It's all yeah. through user groups and stuff like that. So, yep. you know, if you if you are a programmer and a developer and a SQL Server guy now, I guess that's the other thing. It's like if you're right. a SQL Server guy, go to a user group, learn a little bit about .NET so we're not getting tons and tons of uh, T-SQL running in, uh, in right, some exactly. crazy format. Oh, come on. T-SQL is a good thing. I'm more scared of web services inside a SQL server than I am. Yeah, I got to I got to agree with that. Well, no, well, I don't I, I guess I want to get my DBAs out of the practice of of scanning the file, the system looking for things from T-SQL running through a 
um, oh, extended okay. store procedures, things like that that yeah. drive my life yeah. crazy. You got to resist extended store procedures. You know, right. say by the same token, SQL Server should not be used as a mail server. <laughs> and Scott, you know, before we go, we we didn't even mention that you you know you're involved here with a local user group. What's your role with them? Right. So I also um I guess I'm the the president for uh, CapArea.net, which is a CapitalArea.net users group. Uh, I'm involved as a it's now called a membership coordinator. It used to be user group liaison for yeah. Aneta, which is the International .NET Association. So, representing a few different areas here, but you know the local user groups. That's really the ones that are that are keeping people uh, interested in in right. Microsoft platform. So, all right, thank you, Scott. It's been no a pleasure problem. talking to you. Thanks for hearing you guys uh, hearing you play. Any excuse for you to play the guitar? That's yeah, suck. well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and that was just a one bit. I mean, I could play all night if encouraged, but I <laughs> oh, I know you could. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't take much encouragement. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, our second guest is none other than Sahil Malek, one of .NET Rocks' premier fans. So, Sahil, you're an old friend of .NET Rocks. Uh, it's finally good to meet you. It is great to be here in person, finally see you guys in person. I did run into you briefly at the MVP Summit, but I think you dodged me somehow, Richard. <laughs> uh, you know, I was at the MVP Summit, but absolutely swamped with things to do. I don't think I spent a whole lot of time in the in the MVP rooms a whole bunch. It was just coming and going the entire time. So, uh, who are you and what do you do? Well, my name is Sahil Malik, as you know. I hang around in the .NET Rocks chat room. Right. Uh, Causing trouble. Causing trouble. Really? <laughs> I've been trying not to cause trouble anyway. So, yeah, I, I really like coming out there whenever I can, listen yeah. live, and be able to ask questions live. And, and you're uh, also big into uh, database programming. Uh, absolutely. Especially the way, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, somebody's paying you to write a program because somebody has some data to be managed. Yeah. It's not the other way around. Somebody's not going to produce some data because you feel like writing a program. Yeah. So so data is like the god of your system. It is right. extremely important. So it is if you master that part, you pretty much have it nailed down. The data is the goal, right? Absolutely. We build apps to create it and we build apps to put it in other forms. Right. And data can also be your enemy if you don't treat it right. That's right. Yeah, I would think it's more like the lifeblood of your application if you don't handle it correctly. You betcha. And data yeah. is, uh, databases is one part of it. That's the nice little cozy home of, it, of data. Mm. The question is data flows through your application much like blood. Yeah. And how does it go? What is the best way to take it from one end to the other? It's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, piece of the puzzle. Yeah. How long have you been a developer? Uh, I've been a developer. You want to you wanna talk... Uh, Ancient history, sure. Paid experience or no, otherwise? No, I don't care about that. Just, okay. Yeah, you know, how long have you been doing it? So I've been doing it uh, probably, let's see, I was in the ninth grade then, so. Wow. Uh, man, it's been a while. Let's let's see, add, let me three, just ask seven. you this. What was your first computer? My first computer was a BBC Acorn 32K uh, RAM, which, which had the basic compiler built on it. Yeah, I know the machine, yeah. That's a UK machine. Figures right. you would know the machine. Yeah. <laughs> I've also worked on mainframes, uh, but uh, obviously never owned one because they're too damn big. Right. But uh, the first PC that I worked on was uh, 8088. Okay. Uh, it didn't have a hard drive. It had a floppy. Right. And this was in 64K school. 64K of RAM, probably. Uh, yeah, something around there. Yeah. It, was, it was damn near nothing. And the first computer I actually had at home 
was uh, when I finally managed to save some enough money for a 286. Yeah. Uh, Remember the 286, 20 megahertz and how fast that was relative oh, to the other? Mine was 12 megahertz. Yeah, the originals were 12. There was- I, I know there was 12s, but when the 20 came out, that... I remember that was as much of a jump as the 386 was. Oh, it was. It was huge. You fired up Lotus 1, 2, 3, and you started recomputing all your biggest spreadsheets and watch how fast they went. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, it was actually fun programming them because I, I remember I used to program in an IDE called Turbo C, Borland Turbo C, and yeah. you were programming so close to the metal. It was right. a whole nother world. Right. I like to say that we used to be surgeons, right? Right. We'd grab a hold of the machine's attention, and we wouldn't let it go until we knew exactly what to do. We'd make the precise cuts, right? Mm-hmm. Now, with Windows, you're sort of like a psychologist, you know? Oh, that is that is such a nice way to put you it. You have a conversation with the computer, you know, you make some suggestions, yes. you observe the behavior, you, you know. It's almost more of a negotiation. What does it take for me to convince you to save this? Right, the right. client's sitting on your couch and all of a sudden gets up and starts dancing the cha-cha and you have right. to figure out how this, how, how to work this out, right? You know, sometimes it's a little bit like going to uh, a Burger King, a, a drive-thru, in which uh, you drive up to what I like to call a suggestion box <laughs> and, 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 you, and you ask what you think you want to have and you get what they think you'd rather have. <laughs> so... But it's, uh, I mean, yeah, we were getting just so abstracted from the metal. It's uh, yeah. it's discomforting at times that you don't have that kind of control, but then you are able to do so much more. So I guess it's a trade-off. It's yeah. a reasonable trade-off. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll take programming in .NET over uh, hardcore C++ any day. So what are what, what is your involvement with the local user groups or the community here? I, I really got involved with the community not very long back. It's uh, only been about a year, honestly. Uh, you and I ran into uh, at, at Lockheed at uh, Dev Connections, yeah. And uh, I had really been thinking about it since then. So I, I just didn't really do it until about one year back, right? So I showed up at a user group and I thought, "Hey, this is cool, free education. You know, can't beat that, right?" And, and you run into like-minded folks, and you know, you you get to bounce ideas off of them. It's awesome, yeah. So I I've I've spoken at uh, local user groups. Uh, uh, around around the, around this area, I've spoken at code camps. I've I've uh, just published my second book and uh, okay. also an ADO book, right? ADO.net 2.0, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I'm going to be complementing that with a multimedia series for uh, Keystone Learning hmm. that comes out in November. Neat. So it's. I'd uh, like to get you on DNR TV to do some uh, Camtasia screen uh, casts. Awesome. Yeah. Would, uh, that would be that would be very awesome. Yeah. Cool. Great idea. It'll be a lot of fun. It's, and it's amazing to see you just sort of blossom into this uh, community guy. You used to be just a foul-mouthed guy in an IRC channel. <laughs> what is that all about? Well, your blog is pretty outspoken, too. I mean, you, you've no, got where, a great Where blog. are you guys getting that from? <laughs> foul-mouthed? Do I have to cite references? Do oh, well, I? Let, let's let's not stop. go there. But... Uh, yeah, DNR chat room is a whole other thing. It's a yeah. lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, there's a very good reason why we don't keep logs of the DNR chat room. Oh, thank you That's for right. telling me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, I feel free in there now. Now we've given somebody the idea. They're going to publish them, right? Oh, my God. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> well, well that, that's a good point. Well, why do you hang out in the chat room while we're doing the live show? I mean, what's... Is it just to hang out or, I mean... Well, you know, the chat room presents a whole different experience. First of all, it's uh, it's kind of like being backstage. Yeah. Uh, it's you, you get to hear your dog barking outside or something like that. Yeah. Stuff we don't hear on the live show. It's amazing how, how different and well-edited the live show is compared to 
Yeah, com- what, what's produced. Yeah, compared to what's produced, absolutely. Right. Um, and and at the same time, it's also the the the, the padding conversation. Like I've I, my my interest is obviously data access, and I've uh, in in Sikkim trip interviews, I've heard uh, both you and uh, especially Richard, uh, mm. you know, have very insightful questions and comments around around SQL Server, for instance. Yeah, and it is just. Uh, it is just a whole nother thrill to just be in there. And yeah. if something comes up in your mind, just be a part of it. It's the difference between watching TV and playing a video game. Yeah. And, and you know, you've been a very significant contributor on that IRC channel. The number of your questions have made it onto the show in one form or another. Yeah. yeah. Especially, uh, you know, the Kim Tripp shows, you know, the SQL Server shows that we do. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bothersome in there, aren't yeah. I? And I like how you actually have your questions in a different color so they stand out, right? You know, some people are getting pissed off about that. They're like, you know, can you type in real letters? And, you know, so I, I, you know, I only do that for questions. Sure, so. sure. Well, and you're really helping us. We've got a lot of things going at once while we're trying to do an interview. And having a question clearly stand out so that you can read it means it's more likely we're going to read it. Oh, exactly. Right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, generally, I, I generally I try and ask questions which I, I can't ask it too many other people, you know. It's uh, right. it's it's very rare to find somebody of the caliber, of, say, all of your guests, and and yeah. especially Kim Tripp. You know, it's hard to find people who can answer those questions that readily. It's it's right. it's a hard thing to do. And you see the reaction of Kim when she gets a really good question. Like she gets really excited, and we're like, uh oh, here comes an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Her shows are really long, aren't they? She's got a large stack. Let's just say that. Yeah. Large and in, and we got to cut her off every time. She's nowhere near done at the end of an hour. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Well, Sahil, here's your moment to say whatever you want, your uh, your, your free moment of, of whatever. Um, what I would say is uh, I've been involved in the community a relatively short time compared to guys such as yourself. And uh, I think I've had a great time. It is an eye-opener. It is the best free education you'll ever get. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely encourage all listeners to to get involved in the community. Yeah. And if that's user groups or road shows or, or code camps or whatever it is, whatever's going on, MSDN events. Right. Look them up and go. There's just so much. And, and you know, the, here's here's the, uh, the barrier that I kind of crossed. A user group is uh, you just show up. There's, there's nothing special about it. You just show up, eat pizza, listen to an intelligent guy, and go home. It's really that easy. Uh, there's there's no yeah. registration. There's there's no uh, entry level barrier. And everybody over there is like you. Just look up the address and the time and just show up. It's really that easy. And from there, of course, user groups are as you get as much from them as you put in too. They always need volunteers. They're always looking for speakers. If that's something you want to get involved in, there's that choice. It's there. It's an opportunity. Absolutely. Sahil, it's been great to finally have you on the show. Absolutely. It was very nice meeting you all. Good in talking person. to you. Good to see you, Sahil. All right, take care. Bye. And our third guest is Andrew Duthie, the developer evangelist for the region. Hi. Howdy. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, What do you do? What do I do? Um, Well, the developer evangelist role is actually a pretty interesting one at Microsoft. The it it might help to actually give sort of a a broad overview of a broad, broad but brief overview of how the how the field versus Redmond works in Microsoft. Sure. So Microsoft is like 60,000 people yeah. worldwide. And almost all of the software development, probably 99% of it happens in Redmond. Yep. Then you have all of us folks out in the field, as, as, as we call it, which is the people who actually deal with the customers. Oh, right. Um, right. <laughs> and the field is divided up into 
the Salesforce, and then there's my group, the Developer and Platform Evangelism, yep. who our job is to work with developers, architects, and help them to understand, be excited about, and work with .NET technologies. Mm-hmm. So my job is basically divided up into two major parts. One is working with our enterprise customers to help them be ready to work with .NET, learn about new things in Visual Studio 2005, yep. ASP.NET 2.0, one of my favorite bits of technology, mm-hmm. um, and you know just generally be ready for the, the new technologies as they come out. So I come out and do things like hour and a half to two hour, what we call lunch and learn sessions. Right. So I'll come out and talk to groups of MSDN you know, banner kind of things. Right? Uh, MSDN is really actually more of a community facing uh, type of site. So for example, my counterpart here in the mid Atlantic, Jeff snowman does MSDN presentations at various you know, mo- locations like movie theaters, hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a, a periodic okay. tour and such. Um, okay. And you're also, your role is to support the regional director here, one of your roles? Yes, anyway. actually, the, the regional directors are among the groups of folks that, that I support. So, for example, I work with people like regional directors, uh, Vishwas Lele, yep. um, uh, Don Awalt um, yep. is another one of my RDs in the area. I also work with other uh, influential folks, user group leaders mm-hmm. like Scott, who, we, who, who, who you talked to earlier. Right. Um, so all of those people are, are people that um, it's it, at least partly my responsibility to keep them happy, make sure that they're getting the resources that they need in terms of connecting with Microsoft. So, Andrew, what's your background? Where do you, where do, where do you come from, Microsoft? Uh, the, I actually came to Microsoft from having spent a few years working on my own as an author, as a conference speaker, uh, doing things like that. So the, the cool thing about the, the developer evangelist job is it's really sort of like getting paid to do full time what I was doing on my own. Sure. And I actually, to be perfectly honest, wasn't a terribly good businessman. So running my own business, yeah. it turned out wasn't the best thing in the world. So having Microsoft offered to actually pay me to do the things that I was doing yeah, that's not less bad. effectively, it was actually a, a pretty good step in the right direction. And it is fun. I mean, I, most DEs I meet come from somewhere else inside of Microsoft and, and come to the role for a few years because you're so outward facing, you're you're connected with the community so much more than you're connected inwardly. Yeah, absolutely. And and the 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 beauty of the role is that one of the things that's important about being a DE is being passionate about technology, passionate about software. I mean, you and I have talked a little bit about you know just the excitement about gadgets and and such, and mm-hmm. and just all of the new stuff that's coming out. And I get jazzed about that. I mean, yeah. it's it's easy to get excited, and being able to communicate that excitement to others is part of the job. And then also being able to be a conduit for people out in the community who may not know how to reach into Microsoft, who may not know, who do I ask? You know, I love to have people who, who say, well, I need to find out the person who's responsible for this. And then I can go and search internally, you know, using some of our internal aliases, things like that, and say, okay, who's responsible for this? Because I've got a customer who needs help with this. And how do I get that help to that customer. Now, the reality is, can I always solve a customer's problems? Not always, but it's nice to be able to be sort of the public face of Microsoft out here in the community for people who are never going to get to Redmond, who are never necessarily going to meet any of the product managers or the people who are writing the software, but who need some way to communicate with those with those folks. I guess it's an interesting thing that RDs get to do as well, is we do get a deep connection to Microsoft and have access to a lot of that where most people never see those faces and get to see where they are. 
Good question I have for you. How accessible are the DEs? Like, if you're listening out there, you might be thinking, you know, well, my company, we'd have to, like, open up an account to be able to call a DE or, you know, pay some sort of money. How accessible are you guys? Can, can we just email you and, and yeah, get- absolutely, absolutely. I'm, uh, many, and, and the, the, the reality is it's going to vary from, from DE to DE, but many right. of the DEs that I know blog, I maintain a web blog at blogs.msdn.com slash gduthie. That's G-D-U-T-H-I-E. And people mm-hmm. can contact me through that. People can, con- can contact me by email. And I don't, I don't mind getting emails at all. Gduthie at Microsoft.com, I bet. That's, that's one way. Or you can also do g.andrew.duthie at Microsoft.com. That okay. works as well. Um, and I'm happy to have people email me. And if I don't have the answer right away, I can try and find the person who has the answer. I sure, you go to your RDs, you go to your other contacts within Microsoft. And Absolutely. It's, it's one of the great things about being connected as an RD, too. I'm uh, you know, teaching a class, and, and I have to. somebody asked me a question about you know, something in ADO that I don't know the answer to. So I pull up IM and there's the list of people on my IM and the cold sure. class gasps like yeah, exactly you know, all these names of guests that have been on the show and just being able to you know ping an RD or or ping somebody in Microsoft and yeah. you know, it's a it's a great thing and, and one of the things that I think was was advantageous for me coming into the job was I actually started out um, one of the things that I did prior to joining Microsoft was I was a founding board member of an organization called ASP Insiders and this okay, is just a group right. of basically um, uber alpha geeks, right. for lack of a better way of putting it, who really exist in in a major way to provide solid uh, advanced feedback on features for the ASP.NET team within Microsoft. Mm. So I was able to build some some really um, solid relationships with some of the folks on that team. And I have to say, of of all the people that I know in Microsoft, the ASP.NET team really knows how to do community and yeah, really knows how to. Um, get that feedback from from customers before they actually commit to a path and i think it shows in a lot of the features that they've that they've brought out in asp.net 2.0 scott, scott guthrie in particular always impresses me i see him at dev connections every time i'm there and you know somebody will come up to him and just enter in say you know hey scott can i ask you a question i'll i'll like go up to my room and come back and he's still there talking to that same guy yeah he is I one mean, of the nicest nicest guys that i really, know really and is. he's very much open to the community and you know you think about asp over the years has there ever been a version of asp whether asp classic or asp.net that didn't wow that wasn't outstanding it's always been a remarkable path of progress i mean i know we had our problems with asp but you think about what ASP really did. Yeah, the original yeah, classic, awesome. it broke the mold. The biggest problem that ASP had was that people used it too much. <laughs> that it was finally possible to really do crazy things in websites, and we did, and paid the price. Right. And the t- we went back on the tools, went back to ASP.NET, and came up with a much more structured way to do web stuff. But we're looking at this new version of ASP.NET, and all of our mouths are hanging open. It's astonishingly good. Well, what I what I find interesting about the the path that we've come through with a- classic ASP, all of the various versions, and of course Visual Interdev, um, when I start when I first started in the industry, um, I started out with Visual Interdev one, and then progressed to Visual Interdev six. And do we all remember the design time controls? Yeah. Yes, those things were terrible. Yes, but you know what? Conceptually. That's what server controls are based on. In the end, that's on. what they became. They never gave up on that idea, even if Ex- we did. Right, exactly. Well, they had to have a good platform on which to build them. Right, that's the and whole so idea. server controls became basically the design time controls done right. Yeah. And I remember back in the day that there was some rumbling going on about the possibility of the design time controls being wrapped up as com objects, so you right, didn't right, right. have these thousands of lines of script code. 
And it never happened, but eventually we got there. And I think that that kind of long-term vision wrapped up with short-term feedback guiding the process is, w- is what's made the ASP.net yeah, team several do versions such a to get great that job. vision to work. Sure. I mean, there's no question it took a few tries to get that out the door, and they never gave up on it. But at the same time, that doesn't obviate the power of the basic product. ASP worked. Mm-hmm. The tools didn't always do what they wanted to do. But, you know, there's been plenty of technology along the way that Microsoft's tried that we took out into the field and went, mm, no, <laughs> that's just the way it goes, right? And, right. and, you know, field is different from from test. So what's next for you? Um, next up is uh, we've got an event coming up on October 29th called the Security Code Camp here at our Reston facility. You can find information on that at HTTP www.madcodecamp.com or on my weblog, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, love to see folks from the Mid-Atlantic area out at the Code Camp. We've got a lot of great speakers lined up, a lot of great security mm-hmm. material. This is not your first Code Camp, I'm no, sure. No, we, we did a Code Camp last May was our inaugural. We've got the Security Code Camp. We've got some of our community members have stepped forward. Uh, Susan, Len- Susan Lennon, uh, Daryl Norton, Frank Lavinia, several others have stepped up to do a su- Southeast Virginia Code Camp, which will be December 10th in uh, in Norfolk. So it's really an exciting time uh, with events like Code Camp, with other things, the road trip, for example. Um, you know, it's a good time to be a developer and a great time you know, with the, with the new products coming out. Sure strikes me you've got a really thriving community. That was a fun room tonight. A lot of people, very interested in diversity of companies. They had some great questions. You know, it was uh, obviously a thriving community. I'm sure the code camp's going to be great. Yeah, I, we, we had a great time with the last code camp. I anticipate we're going to have a good time with the next one. Andrew, uh, one last plug before you go. Anything? Sure. Uh, my blog, http colon whack whack blogs.msdn.com slash gduthie. G-D-U-T-H-I-E. What can we expect to see there? You can expect to see ASP.net, Visual Studio Team System, Least Privilege Blogging, and lots and lots of local events. Excellent. Thanks a lot for talking to us. Thank you. All right. And guest number four is Ted Rogers. Hi, Ted. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm fine. So tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name, uh, as you pointed out, was Ted Rogers, and uh, I've been retired from the Navy for about 20 years. Oh, great. And just kind of... So uh, you just do this for fun. I do. Uh, primarily, uh, you know, kind of help people of my generation to try to learn a little bit of something about computers. And Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I, I really, uh, that's not an easy task. Actually, know? no, you're exactly right. Uh, my One of my first candidates uh, was my mother, who, uh, by the way, is 90 years old right now. And we introduced her to email and a computer wow. uh, five years ago. Took the computer down to her home in Florida and, and um, two days with her to set the thing up. And then I came home, spent the next week on the telephone, almost continually talking to her about it. But after that, yeah. she had it. And I have to tell you, say that old Bill Gates did a great job with Win95 to allow us to do something like that. It's, it's impressive, too. And I, I found this over and over again is once your older community gets into something and they're using it, they really use it. They use it a lot. Oh, email is fantastic. My mother did email last year and this year. We, in fact, on the road trip, we actually did some webcam stuff together. So oh, great. So, yeah, that's a, and I'm amazed. So, yeah. And also just, you know, just introducing basic technology, for example, the road cam business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, who lives up in your part of the country up there, mm-hmm. uh, had, a, had a child and she was like a one year old birthday. And my son in law rigged up a webcam and we all yeah. sang happy birthday to oh, her. That's and great. we recorded all that cool stuff for the 
That's so great. The stuff. One of the pleasures of being on the road um, is being able to webcam with my kids back home every night. It's great. Yeah, if you ever see goofy faces being made into the webcam on the road trip uh, website, that's what's happening. We're IMing with our kids, and they want to see us on the webcam. <laughs> like the one we had upstairs tonight. That was well, great. Yeah. That was a great shot. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one of those shots. We, we seem to be knocking out a bunch of those lately. <laughs> yeah, the the other guys in the van couldn't couldn't understand why Richard and I were rolling on the floor after we saw that picture. It was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. So, Ted, um, tell the story of uh, when you were actually you sat in on a Dot and Rock show. Oh yeah, I uh, I just happened to be up in uh, in Carl's area, and uh, I I uh, called him on the phone and asked him for permission to uh, come up there, and he said fine. And I asked him if I had to get uh, tickets from like Oprah Winfrey, and I'd like to have seats. And on I the briefly front row. thought about it, <laughs> <laughs> setting up a little seating area. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, so I went up. Not quite as formal as you thought, huh? Uh, so I went up there and I walked in. I hear this music back in this back room, and I go in and hear. Carl's having a jam session with his daughter and his babysitter and they're having a great time. And he sends, he says, go over there, get yourself a Coke, you know, out of the refrigerator. So, and look around. So we went over there and had a, had a nice uh, looking around and finally Carl comes over there and it's something on the order for about a couple of minutes before the show is getting ready to start, you know, and the first thing he does, he gets you up on the phone and he starts editing the introductory stuff that he didn't like the, what the guy had sent him. So he's editing that, talking to you. You're getting about and working yourself into a frenzy over there trying to get ready for this thing. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, it's about five minutes before showtime and Carl says, where's Jeff? Uh, and he picks up his, <laughs> picks up his phone and calls Jeff at home, who must be a half an hour away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Carl gets up that. out of his chair nonchalantly, goes back in the back room and starts plugging in computers and getting things set up. <laughs> I was impressed. I tell you, I really And I was. think that was one of the cases where we had a, a, a guest on the phone who there was a time zone difference and they thought it was going to be like at five when it was at six or at two when it was at three. Or whatever. So they weren't there, and we had to call them and, and tell them uh, we're doing this now. Not only that, but they were in the wrong building. Oh, he he thought he thought your show was in building twenty or oh, something like right. that. Oh, that's right. He thought he know? said, "So what building are you in?" I'm like, uh. <laughs> I don't even remember who it was, and that's probably a good thing. Well, it's one of the things we're we're so connected to Microsoft now. Half the time, they they the guys at Microsoft think we're just part of the company. And and they don't think about the fact, no, 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 we're in a different state and a long way away, and we're just folks on the outside. We can't get to your inside shares, and we can't go over there. you got to phone us. We'll make yeah. a show. They send us emails with links to internal, you know, things, yeah. internal yeah. URLs and stuff. No, we can't get that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, of course, this business of being separated around, you know, like uh, um, Richard is out in Vancouver and yeah. and, and uh, what's the guy's name is down in L.A.? Uh, the, Mark, Ma- Miller. Mark Miller. You're talking about Mondays now. Yeah. So well, you listen to Mondays? Well, occasionally I catch a Monday. In fact, I was on it the night you sang your Clementine the first time. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And these yeah. guys were stunned. Yeah, and yeah. Mean, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't. He must not have known he was going to do that because yeah, uh, that's a really bit I sort of keep under wraps. <laughs> you got to have the right audience for that, uh, you know. No, well, it was perfect that night. So that's pretty amazing uh, that you listen to Mondays. You so what? What's that all about? I mean, well, you know, uh, uh, I was. Uh, 
you mentioned it when you kind of transitioned over, you were going to kind of change the format. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I just tripped over there and, and catch a section of it. And, you know, I do a lot of driving around, and so I slap that in my machine and listen yeah. to it in the car. So I so what kind, of do, what kind of uh, – do you do any programming, or is this just well, sort of uh, – Well, you know, I, uh, I started off, uh, you know, back in the days of the C-Prompt, and sure. I was pretty efficient at that. And uh, yeah. when Microsoft came out with the Windows, I took one look at that, and I went – I can do all this sure. and with the C prompt. I'm not going to waste my time with this. And just <laughs> and by the time I woke up, it was too late, man. I mean, I've been scrambling trying to just figure out, you know, what, what's going on. My son-in-law kept saying, "Boy, you ought to take a look at this Visual Basic." I'm now you're going, addicted. I'm going Visual Basic, Basic. Who wants to learn to program in Basic? You know. <laughs> by the time I got on board on that, you know, I've been just chasing my tail ever since. And every time I would say, "Okay, uh, what's the next thing?" Oh, it's Visual Basic six. So I jump into Visual Basic six and I learn. Uh, I learned a whole new programming paradigm, clearly to say. And I wrote a program that simulated diesel, a, a diesel engine starting with gauges and stuff like wow. that. Wow. Cool. And uh, and learned a lot about events and all the cool things that's in right. Visual Basic along those lines. And just about the time I'm getting efficient in that, the next thing I hear is that we're, we're in the .NET mode now. So, right. you know, so now I'm wildly <laughs> scrambling around to jump over there and try to learn something. So what so do you I think of VB2005? Well, I do have the uh, the beta two version or something like that uh, mm-hmm. inside beta my uh, my Microsoft. Uh, what's that little virtual virtual machine. PC? Yeah, and uh, wow, I'm, cool. I'm playing with that and uh, reading the book. Uh, some guy put out on a, on the email. Uh, it's uh, Microsoft. Is it the Microsoft free uh, Visual VB two thousand five? Yeah, book and book, um, right? I'm you know programming is going along that. So it's you know I'm learning slowly but surely. That's great. great. Do you, do you think this it. is a good? Uh, a version come after following the last two versions of VBNet. So is it? What do you think of it? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I certainly do. I mean, it's it's all getting easier and better and right. more understandable for people like me. Yeah, Ted. What's uh, what, what, if you had if you had a moment to say anything you wanted to uh, to thousands of people? What would it be? Well, I would just uh, say if you happen to be somebody like me who's uh, way behind the power curve on uh, getting back into this programming, and if you like the program, uh, the, the, probably the best place to start is listening to the .NET Rock Show because that, right. that's caused me to uh, – for example, there was a guy on that was uh, talking about uh, – uh, he had written a book about uh, security and in, in his uh, – um, uh, it was like don't don't tell your kids about security or something. Oh that yeah, I was uh, Dan Appleman. Dan Appleman, yeah. So I go out. Yeah, always use protection. Yeah, always use book. protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go out and I buy three of them. You yeah, know, based on your thing and sending ball yeah. my kids and stuff like that. That's a great uh, book. Yeah, that was a fabulous book. Yeah. And Dan's a very smart man. Yeah, creative. Very All right, Ted. Well, listen, thanks. All right, well, thanks Carl, for, thanks for inviting me down and appreciate absolutely. you taking the time to come down and oh, see us great in this to part talk of the country. Again, Ted. Yes, sir. Good to see you. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, and Richard, good to see you. And our last guest is Clyde Barreto. Clyde, how are you? Good. Good. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a manager at a local company which uh, does software for associations. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is our software basically manages the back office and the uh, the ASP, the web portion of it. Um, and, you know, I've worked at this place for like 10 years and I'm pretty much very deep into Microsoft technology okay. uh, right from the beginning, uh, including SQL Server, Visual Basic, Calm Plus, and now .NET and now .NET 2005. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, what I've done is uh, 
I attended some code camps at Microsoft. Okay. And um, I'm a pretty techy guy, even though you know I manage people. Yeah. I love to play with technology, and uh, I was at Microsoft, and people were presenting stuff on 2005, and I was really excited about the technology, and I said, you know. Uh, I can talk about this stuff. I do it day in, day out. And, you know, right. why don't I share something about uh, this technology, especially smart clients and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what we do. Just spread the word and user groups and, you know, try to explore <laughs> myself. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, it, it was a little nervous, like, uh, right now. <laughs> but I finally did it. And, you know, I started speaking at the, the lo- local user groups and presenting uh, Visual Studio 2005 pretty much what you guys did today, uh, showing all the little features. And I pretty much uh, developed smart client applications and I decided to concentrate on um, how to do it the smart way and the short way and the right way. Yeah. And that's what uh, uh, I'm trying to do. Those are the kind of things you've talked about at the Code Camps. Yes, yes. So isn't it cool that Code Camps have sort of given you this venue to to sort of get into the public speaking? Yes, Um uh, I like it. I mean, uh, it's a little unnerving. Yeah, sure. Course, but, of course. Uh, it's for everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, so. But I try to, uh, I'm really excited about Microsoft technology, especially the new stuff. Uh, and I uh, want to spread the word and, you know, yeah. help my company itself get into into the new and exciting technology. Excellent. So what kinds of things, particularly with smart clients, have you been working on? Uh, what we do is uh, we are very heavy in terms of uh, uh, XML usage, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, control development, in terms of web services. Uh, Can you talk a bit about the ap- actual application? That sure. You, well, what our application is, uh, basically, it's a smart client application, uh-huh. which uses SQL Server as a backend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we have is we use a .NET remoting layer to talk between the data uh, data access layer, the business layer. And what we've tried to do is en- encapsulate all our business logic into one component mm-hmm. uh, and, and really follow an tier uh, model for, uh, you know, d- development at our, our office. Um, in the old days, what we had was a lot of us smart clients smart client forms and the business code were mixed together. Yeah. So what we are trying to do is segregate this code so right. it's more uh, it's easy to maintain and right. you have less errors. Requires a little bit more work on the on the front end, but yes. the, you know, as soon as you want to move that interface somewhere else it becomes a lot easier. Yes. What I was getting at is what is the application actually for? Uh it's for associations and what what we do is uh, our application basically tracks uh, memberships, uh, what what the members have to pay, have they paid it. Uh, uh, members of? Me- members of associations like... Oh, oh okay. Any, like National Education Association in so D.C. Any, any group that has membership can yes, manage. Yes, and we manage the back office as well as the uh, web portion of it for members to log in. Uh, you know, they have personaliza- personalization features. Well, you must love ASP.NET 2.0 then. Uh, I'm not too much into ASP. I'm uh, a lot into the smart client uh, oh, okay. uh, piece of it. Okay. Um, I say that only because, you know, they have a lot of that membership stuff built in. So yes. be, you being, uh, you know, end tier the way you are and you have mm-hmm. business logics and components, should be, you know, if somebody comes to you in the future and says, hey, can you make us a web interface to this, should be no problem at all. Yes, and that's where we are trying to get at where, 
uh, all our business components are just in one spot and all you have to do right. is draw an interface and just go to that one spot for yeah. what you're trying to uh, achieve. So um, how long have you been in the uh, in development uh, world? How long have you been a developer? Uh, 14 years. Wow. Uh, I started out with COBOL and then DBase and then Sybase uh, and then yeah. uh, I when was... When did you th- first get into object-oriented programming? Uh, back in 1993, uh, I started oh, out great. with a, um, a programming language called uh, Centura. Neat. Yeah. And have you heard of that? No. No. And Wild. then I went on to VB6, which was not object-oriented. Sure. <laughs> Uh, just because my job required it. But yeah, then, that, that seems to happen a lot. People who get into small talk and all those early object languages yes. and then grabbed onto VB because it was so mainstream. Yes. People wanted it. It built code quickly. The RAD thing really worked yes. well. But it wasn't an object-oriented language the same exactly. way they've been used to. And, and I knew at the back of my mind, you know, VB really needs to get object-oriented. Right. <laughs> and when Visual Studio 2003 came, uh, 2002, Two, what, yeah. what was it? I was first really one. excited. We started building all kinds of base classes for business objects, for forms, and you know, just exploiting the whole feature. And with uh, 2005, it gets better with all the uh, partial classes, yeah. generics, and it's really amazing. And that's what I talk at user groups. Uh, how so can you must you... be really excited about this yes, new version. Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, and, and I basically show people how do you build uh, controls, specifically user controls or uh, business object controls that you can right. use in your application uh, in a smart way, not you know, not writing code over and over again. Yeah, trying to find the the lowest common denominator yes. kind of thing. Yes, it's yeah. very difficult to do because you do not know the practical aspect of it. Is you don't not know upfront what what kind of uh, object structure you right. need, and you know, you just try to follow through and come up with an object structure. You sort of have to have some vision too, as far as how it's going to be used in the future. In yes. Order to, yes. Yeah. And I've done this so many times that now it's easy to see what kind of structure you yeah. want. But it's still difficult because you always encounter business situations and uh, say, oh, I didn't think about that. We may <laughs> need to rewrite <laughs> our whole object or class base, you know, because right. of these situations. Uh, it, it's exciting. Uh, it, it's an exciting job. Well, Clyde, here's your moment to say whatever it is you want to say. Address the public. Get up on your pedestal. Wax some, something down. Do what you want. Okay. What are you going to say? Uh, uh, get excited about 2005. Uh, uh, spread, uh, y- you know, spread the wo- word at your company like uh, I-, I do and get excited about 2005 and mm. uh, really use it to make your application the best it can be. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Hey, listen, thanks, Clyde, for talking to us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. And it's been great being here at the road trip. It'd be great being here in a restaurant. Yeah. Life is hard.